Welcome to Wellness Realness with Christina Rice. I'm your host, Christina. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, holistic health coach, and the creator of ChristinaRiceWellness.com, where you can find my blog, recipes, services, programs, and ebooks. In this podcast, I'll be discussing all things related to health and wellness, and I promise to always keep it very real. If you'd like to submit a question or a topic for me to discuss, send it in to podcast at ChristinaRiceWellness.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and a review on iTunes, and join the Facebook group, Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe. It's a new month, which means it's time for another solo episode. I'm actually really excited to record this because, I don't know, whenever I'm recording solo episodes, it just like calms me down and feels very relaxed, and I feel like I'm just chatting with you guys, which is always fun for me. I'm recording this right now while I'm in Tahoe, so... Wow, it has been a weekend. It's Sunday right now, and I was up in Tahoe for Mind Pump's podcast heart event, which was Thursday through Saturday, and today has been a really weird day. I feel like I used to feel back when I was like at the beginning of college slash in high school when I had come back after getting really drunk. I don't drink anymore, but last night we had, there was this party. They, the guys threw a party at the house and I got home at like 2 a.m. And it was a lot of fun. I don't know what happened. Okay, that's a lot. I do know what happened. It was, it was really fun and pretty much everyone there was hammered. Well, not everybody, but a lot of them were. I was not. <laughs> so I was enjoying watching what was happening and I took over Mind Pump's Instagram stories so if you followed along with that, you probably saw what was happening. I was keeping tabs on everybody's drinks. So that was fun. The food was incredible and I got to have some really great conversations with people. It was really, really nice actually. And I was telling my friend how it's weird because usually whenever I'm in group situations, I only like three or four people there max, maybe one or two, you know, groups, big groups like parties tend to be not hard, but just, they don't excite me usually because I don't really like everybody there just keeping it real. But this was such a fun event because everyone there was so great. So I just, I had so much fun chatting with everyone. It wasn't like I felt like I had to hide in the corner and only talk to one person. I really wanted to talk to a lot of people. So that was really, really a fun event. I'm really proud of the guys for putting it together. And I think it's just going to get better if they keep doing it. I got a lot of really great content and got to meet some incredible podcasters. I podcasted with Jordan Shallow and Julie Bauer and Josh Trent and Girls Gone Wad. Joy and Claire from Girls Gone Wad. Um, That's their podcast name. (laughs) But I just think of them as Girls Gone Wad because they're a duo. So that's who I podcasted with. And then everybody else was podcasting all over. I did a video for Mind Pump with Ben Greenfield about coffee enemas, which was fun. And... Yeah, we just kind of recorded every day. They had the schedule and everybody recorded from 8 to 2 each day. And then the afternoons, we just hung out. Um, 
I took a few trips to like the lake and did some walks and explored a little bit. Uh, I hung out with Joy and Claire and Julie one day, hung out with the guys. I also visited my friend Annalise, who is actually my graphic designer. And she, it's so funny, she lives like right basically right next door to like where I'm staying. I had no idea. I just got an Airbnb in Tahoe and I was like, oh, I'm in Tahoe. Let's meet up. And then she gave me her address and I was like, wait, I'm like five steps away from you. So that was really fun to see Annalise. She's incredible. So she's the, she, the magic behind, I personally love my website and I mean, I didn't make it. She made it. So she's, she's incredible. So that was really fun. And I feel like I'm living my best life in this little Airbnb. It was advertised as just a one, like a one bedroom. And I walk in and it's a whole house. And there's a note on the counter that says, the downstairs is yours. Enjoy downstairs. And I was like, what does that mean? So I go upstairs just to see. And there's a whole upstairs, but I guess you're just, I mean, I guess they just advertise it as a one bedroom. So only one person comes and then they assume people won't use the upstairs I mean obviously I didn't but it's just funny and Tahoe is apparently a very trusting place like people just will leave their their doors unlocked and their doors open and their things open and they don't think anyone's gonna take anything I am not like that I'm used to being in LA or the Bay Area where people will steal anything so it's really nice to be in a, a community area I suppose and also the water is delicious the tap water is so good I'm, I'm amazed. It's great. So that was happening, but I'm, I'm a little out of sorts today. I won't lie just because I'm so tired and very thrown off of my normal schedule because after getting home at 2am after that, that crazy party, that crazy party that happened, I just slept in really late and then kind of have been kind of off all day. It's crazy how much waking up early and like being on a schedule really increases your productivity because I've basically done nothing I needed to get done today, but that's okay. I've been just laying on this big couch. The couch in here is bigger than my whole studio back home and watching Harry Potter. Harry Potter's on, which means it's a great day. So it's kind of what's, what's going on, but overall it was a really, really fun weekend. I'm really glad I came up here and I'm really happy I was invited. I'm so grateful to have been included and I'm really happy I got to meet so many awesome podcasters and I just love podcasting, especially with that group of people because this is just one of the few mediums where, I mean, you sit down with someone, especially when you're in person one-on-one, you sit down and it's like, all right, we're diving in deep. Like, no BS. Let's just go for it. And there's just nothing like it. There's no better way to connect with people, in my opinion. I just love, love this medium. Podcasting was a lot of fun. And I'm really excited for you guys to hear the content that came from it, both like the podcast I recorded, but also everybody else. Like there were just so many cool people there. And some of the, the combinations, I'm literally dying to hear the podcast between Ben Greenfield and Jordan Shallow. Like I need to know. So <laughs> I need to know what happened. So that was really fun. Also, side note, this weekend there were two really intense Joe Rogan debates well not really intense so Chris Kresser debated Joel Kahn 
Jill Kahn is a vegan cardiologist. And then the next day, Dom D'Agostino and Lane Norton debated. So I basically spent like six hours of my weekend watching those. And I mean, I just wanted to bring it up because I just felt like it was a Super Bowl of nutrition. The, Chris and Joel Kahn, my opinion was that it was just a waste of time because Joel Kahn was not prepared in any sense of the word and he was not responding properly to anything Chris Kresser said. He was just citing studies from the 50s and I mean it was it was just a joke. Chris Kresser like he knows what he's doing. Anyways, then Lane and Dom I was really excited for that one, but they're too good of friends. Like they were just supporting each other's opinions and it wasn't, they weren't really going back and forth enough. I think that Dom is too nice and like, doesn't really, I don't know. I feel like Lane was holding back a bit and then Dom is just not someone who's super confrontational. I was just hoping for more of a smackdown. You know what I mean? So they were, so Chris and Chris and Joel were talking about like veganism versus eating meat and then Lane and Dom, I think we're supposed to be debating. I don't even know exactly. Basically like keto, like efficacy of keto slash low carb diets in comparison to high carb diets. And yeah, I mean, Lane, Lane Norton is a character. I, I like him. I think he's really entertaining. Um, so yeah, that's a whole other thing. I just wanted to bring it up in case you were curious or watch it. It's like, the, it's like the paleo news right now. It's the state of the union, but I have a lot going on. I got to recover from this. This isn't it crazy how like one night of being out late, it takes you like three weeks to recover from maybe, maybe not you, but me. And I know a lot of my friends feel the same way. Like when you turn to the grandma life, there's no going back. And it was funny because Everybody was saying that last night because most of the people who were there are all people who don't really party at all, don't drink often, don't, you know, don't stay out. So everybody was like, this is, this is (laughs) crazy. So I need to see who's alive this morning. Yeah, I should check in on that. But okay, so I got to recover today. Then tomorrow I'm going to the Bay Area. I'm driving there be there for a night. Then I drive to LA, be in LA for 24 hours. Then I'm going to Canada. Woohoo! Canada. I'll be there for a week. I'll come home to LA for a few days. And then I am going to Indiana. And then from Indiana, I'm going to Chicago. And then I'll be back in Los Angeles in November. Whoa, that's crazy. Whole month is gone. So that's kind of what's going on with me. And all that travel, this is Honestly, I told the girls in my Paleo Women Lifestyle program, like, do not let me book any more travel for the next year because this is giving me adrenal fatigue. If it exists, that's a whole other topic. Um, But I have had this planned for a long time. And with all this traveling, I got to kind of stay organized. But I have a routine down. I think I have my, my ducks in a row. I posted some of the things that I like to bring with me when I travel. I'm just always prepared with like canned food and nut butter packs and travel Cassandrinus olive oil. And I basically just keep my toiletries bag packed and I keep the same things in there. I have my essentials for makeup and skincare in there. And one of the products that I always make sure I bring with me is my clear stem. 
And I think you guys already know how much I love Clear Stem skincare, but let's talk a bit more about it because they are a proud sponsor of this podcast. And it's actually a company founded by one of my best friends, Kaylee, and her partner, Danielle. Clear Stem skincare is holistic skincare, all non toxic. They have taken incredible measures to make sure that all of the ingredients are on point, nothing. In there is pore clogging, unlike many of the other products out there on the market. The whole idea behind this is it's an anti-acne product combined with anti-aging. So it can help to eliminate acne, prevent acne, and also heal any of the signs of it. In addition to that, it helps with the anti-aging process. It helps with collagen production, eliminating scars, eliminating red spots and redness, and any type of inflammation. So whether you deal with acne or just want to prevent or help to reverse signs of aging or sunspots, sun damage, Clear Stem is a great product to incorporate into your team. It's a light serum, so it just comes in a little, it comes in a glass bottle and a little dropper. You just drop a bit onto your hands, rub it on your face, and it soaks in really quickly. You can put it under makeup as well, so you can use it twice a day or just at night, um, but it soaks in. It's really hydrating, but it doesn't leave a greasy like film. So it's not like an, it's not an oil where if you put an oil on your skin, it will leave like oil basically on your skin. This soaks in and it's, it's hydrating and light enough. It's light, but also effective. I don't know how to explain it, but I have oily skin. And so I'm really particular about the products I use because I don't like things that if I put it on, it doesn't feel like it soaks in all, all the way and it feels heavy on my skin. I don't like that at all. Like I need to feel like I put something on it, it soaks it in and it's like, you know, I don't have some greasy film on me. And so that's why I love the clear stem because it soaks in and I, and I can put it underneath my makeup, but it makes my skin so soft, like immediately. Like that's the one immediate thing I notice. but I don't really struggle with that much inflammation anymore, but this is great. Like if you have a lot of active breakouts to really help calm down the redness and inflammation and also scarring. So it's really hard to find a non-toxic product on the market that really helps to reverse the signs of scarring. I have a good amount of acne scars on my skin that I'm still dealing with from having cystic acne when I was in high school. And this is a really great way to help start to reverse that, help reduce the redness because it really does help to stimulate collagen production, which is incredible. It helps to even out discoloration, increase your hydration, and it also helps to block excess oil production and androgens, which is really, really helpful as well. It's also antibacterial, of course. And if you want to learn more about the ingredients, you should go to their website, clearstemskincare.com. They have a whole list of pore clogging ingredients so you can just use that list to compare what's in your your makeup and skincare that you currently use if you're still struggling with acne or clogged pores compare that list and just see because you might be able to figure out what products you're using might be causing that just to see when it comes to acne you know kaylee and danielle created this are very vocal about the fact like this product is amazing but you also have to pay attention to what you're eating what you're putting into your body as well it all works together so it's about what you put in and in your body and on it and this this product you should read the amazon reviews and like check out their their testimonials and before and after because it's pretty pretty remarkable 
I am a huge fan. I've been using this for quite some time. I was one of the first people she let let try the product. So I'm honored and I love it because you can also pair it with your skin, your other skincare as well, which is why it's nice. So I know a lot, a lot of people are nervous about maybe they found something that works pretty well and they want to try it out. You can add this in. So for instance, I don't just use this product, but I pretty much put it on top of everything else I use. So, or I guess you, you put it under certain things as well. It just depends. You want to go from like thinnest to heaviest when you're working with skincare products so I can kind of just pair it with whatever other skincare I'm using as well or if I'm not using anything else like in the morning I don't really put much on my face besides moisturizer so you could just put the clear stem on and then moisturizer you know you can pair it with other things as well it's just a really really awesome product and I think that that the science behind it is amazing because it actually helps to balance out hormones in your skin and your hair follicle aka your pore it has like skincare adaptogens in it that help your skin to maintain its stability despite all the stress it'll encounter throughout the day these environmental toxins all these things so this can be really really helpful for anyone who's struggling with active acne or wants to prevent acne if you have scarring if you are worried about getting wrinkles or fine lines or you have them and you want to help with the anti-aging really incredible and I know a lot of people in my own life who have used this and loved it so make sure you check that out you can use my discount code which is wellness which will get you $15 off of clear stem and you just go to clearstemskincare.com use that discount code wellness w-e-l-l-n-e-s-s that will get you $15 off and give it a shot let me know what you think. So that's one of the products that I always keep in my toiletries bag. And then I also carry with me all of my other musts in terms of food. I posted a photo on Instagram of some of the things I bring when I travel and I'm driving somewhere, which I bring more things than if I'm flying. But in general, I always have canned fish. I bring canned sardines. I have travel packs of Cassandrinos. I will usually bring like a chopstick. I'll bring maybe some nut butter packets. I really like pilly nut butter and fat. Uh, oh, they're called F-bombs. F-bomb packets, um, artisana packets, whatever I kind of have on hand. I bring brucas with me. Those are great. Those are delicious. I have a discount code for those too. It's wellness. W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S. Actually, I was talking to my friend Ben Pakulski this weekend. He's, I'm obsessed with him. If you guys don't know Ben Pakulski, he is literally the best human in the world and he is the host of the Muscle Expert podcast <laughs> and just, oh, I love him. He he used to compete in bodybuilding. You should look up pictures of him for when he competed. Oh my God. And he's just like the gentlest man. Oh, I love him. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he was here this weekend and we were talking about how much we love barucas. We were just talking about that because they're amazing. So if you haven't tried those, you should. They're seriously delicious. And then I bring my Four Sigmatic um, packets with me basically everywhere and some tea bags, my essential oils. I have all of my essential oils that are my traveling must-haves, thankfully, especially for situations like today when I wake up and my throat is killing me and I feel like I'm getting a cold just probably from all of the activity and not getting enough sleep throughout the past week and staying up too late. So my oils come in handy. Whenever I'm sick, 
I take a veggie cap, which are basically just empty capsules from doTERRA, and I put in four drops of On Guard essential oil and two drops of oregano oil. I didn't bring my oregano with me this trip, so now I know I got to bring it when I go to Canada. But I so I just did on guard today, but I will take those a pill like that basically every four to six hours like as if it were cold medicine and it always helps me get over it. And if you're interested in getting veggie caps or getting doTERRA essential oils, which is those are the only ones I use that I feel comfortable ingesting, then you can go to bit.ly slash doTERRA Christina and sign up as a member there. You know, essential oils have changed my life and obviously I use them for everything. And in addition to that, I have bone broth with me because I'm extra like that and bring bone broth and then drinking a lot of hot water with ACV, just like warm fluids help my throat. Uh, and that's kind of what I do. I like doing like ginger tea with lemon. Um, if you have honey, you can throw it in there too. And that's just kind of what I'm doing to help with my throat. Hope that helps you out. But yeah, so I'm really excited to go to Canada this next week. I'm visiting my friend Meg Dahl. So when you listen, when this comes out, I will be on the plane to Canada. Woohoo! And we are just, I don't know what we're going to do. We're going to hang out. We're going to chat. We're going to go on walks and we're going to eat a lot of yummy food. We're probably going to record a podcast together. So it'll, I think it'll be really, really fun. I'm excited to see her. I've never met Meg in person which is weird because she's one of my best friends and we talk all the time and I always forget that I haven't met her in person. So it'll be really nice, but you know, she's in Canada. So it's kind of a, a trek. Someone asked me if I was driving and I was like, no, no. Uh, yeah. So that'll be really good. That's kind of, those are kind of my updates. The other thing is that you know, I share this on social media, but I'm working, I've been working on a few other projects that I'm excited about. So I don't know. It's kind of bad timing though. I should have planned this ahead of time. It's funny because I look at a lot of people in this business are so organized with when they launch things and release things. And I'm just like, I really don't care. I'm just going to launch it when it's done. But <laughs> I should probably be more organized about that. Anyways, I am almost done with my next ebook and I am really excited about it. So we're doing No Sugar, No Problems Part 2. If you don't have No Sugar, No Problems Part 1, you really need it because it is so good. It's a bunch of paleo dessert recipes that have no sugar and no sweeteners in them. So that means no sugar, but also like no stevia, no monk fruit, no maple syrup, no honey, no what else do people eat? Xylitol, erythritol, none of that because... Half of those are gut irritants anyways, but I know there are so many people who are kind of in a situation similar to me where like maybe you're on an elimination protocol and you just can't have sweeteners or maybe you're just, maybe you just have a really sensitive stomach or maybe you just don't want them. Like you just don't want them because the thing is you don't need the sweeteners. And when you eat whole foods for enough time, things that didn't taste sweet to you before will taste sweet. And so it's really just like, these are desserts that I like eating and they're, they're sweet to me. And I just use natural, naturally sweet flavors. So things like coconut and cinnamon and vanilla and different spices. And I just love these desserts and I don't feel, I don't know what it is. And like, I know I'm extremely sensitive, but I, I just, anytime I have a sweetener, I just do not feel good after. And sometimes it's more enhanced than that. And I definitely have 
I definitely have a sensitive stomach compared to a lot of other people. So I have to be stricter than most people in general. Um, but if I'm just like having a random dessert one night, if I want one, like I love to just make some cookies out of there. Or maybe we'll like one of my mug cakes or I have some really good smoothies that are quick. The Samoas are like, everyone loves those and they're so fast and I could just eat them and like no big, you know, I don't notice any negative effects on my stomach versus like when I go out for dessert, which I do, I always know I'm not going to feel my best after, but you know, it's all balance. Uh, so yeah, that will be coming out soon and I'm really hoping to get it out by beginning of November, but it's just hard with all of the traveling, like no access to my kitchen. And when you're traveling this much, it can be kind of hard to like sit down and do work because it is a lot of work to make a whole ebook. Um, but I'm really going to try to get it out in November. So fingers crossed I can get it out and done by then. We'll see. And then I also have another, another project coming out soon that I'm really excited. It's going to basically change your life, but that's all secretive. So stay tuned folks. Stay tuned. Oh, but if you want to get that ebook, you can just go to my website or you can go to bit.ly slash no sugar, no problems and pick it up there. I have a discount code for you. The code wellness realness will get you 20% off. And most of the recipes are vegan. People ask me about that a lot. Most of them are vegan. I think, let's see. 23 are vegan and if you want to know exactly which ones are vegan if you go to that page bit.ly slash no sugar no problems or you can also find that on my website christinaricewellness.com there's a list of all of the all of the different um recipes and then which ones are vegan slash which can be made vegan easily so you can see what you want it's the best i love it but i have basically been on a a dessert diet the past two weeks as I have been recipe testing up a storm for this next ebook, which honestly, like all of those nut butters and nuts is a lot. Anyone who recipe tests knows it's kind of intense when you're doing it all at once, but that's just how I function. And once I make it, I have to eat them all. <laughs> so yeah, I got to get back on track. I got to get back on track and eat some good quality proteins. And I'm trying to up my monounsaturated fat intake, my omega-3. So trying to eat a lot more fish and olive oil and avocados. So all of those nuts were kind of doing the opposite of what I needed to be doing. So now I'm, I'm hopping back into it because I got a lot of the recipe testing done. Just a bit more, just a bit more to go. And then we're good. But yeah, I got some interesting blood work back and that was one of the things that showed up. So I want to just start drinking olive oil. I found some delicious olive oil when I was up here in Tahoe. So I bought a ton of it because there's nothing like a high quality olive oil. Like you can, you can taste that like peppery kick at the end. Oh my gosh, it's delicious. Can't say enough good things. So let's work on answering some questions from you guys. I've gotten some fun questions and I want to hop into it. So a lot of people have been asking me to talk more about Reiki and energy blockages and chakras and all the things. So I thought that we could talk a little bit about chakras because I think they're really interesting and so much goes into chakras, but I kind of just want to give you an overview of chakras 101. 
I mean, chakras, someone, you could talk about chakras for days. You could write a book about chakras. But let's just cover kind of the main things because I feel like I've been talking about this with a lot of people. And when I perform Reiki on someone, I will balance their chakras. And well, I'll test which chakras are imbalanced and which ones are balanced. And anything that's out of balance, we will balance. And that will help sort of just restore balance throughout the body and help with any emotional blockages or physical blocks. So, okay, let's just explain more about chakras. So chakras are basically energy centers throughout the body. They're actually, these energy wheels are in the shape of cylinders and they exist within different parts of your aura. They were first mentioned in ancient Hindu texts. So they've been around for a long time, but basically these chakras, these energy wheels are conduits for energy to flow throughout the body and to help our body maintain balance. There are seven chakras. So we have the root chakra, the sacral chakra, the solar plexus, the heart chakra, the throat chakra, the third eye chakra, and the crown chakras. I think most people have usually heard of like their throat chakra or their heart chakra, but the chakras can, they can be open They can be too open, letting too much in. They can be blocked. They can be closed. They can be in the wrong shape. And when the chakras are out of balance in any way, this can correspond with different physical or emotional changes, issues, challenges, and balancing them out can kind of help to rebalance our emotional and physical energy. So it'll it'll make more sense as I explain what ch- what each chakra means, but each chakra also is a different color and they'll each respond to a different physical part of the body, different emotional or mental states, different spiritual states. So I think that balancing chakras is really, really helpful. There are different ways to balance chakras. So energy healing is a great way. So Reiki, for instance, is obviously my my method of choice for balancing chakras but there are also other alternative therapies and types of energy healing that can help balance our chakras but you can also help balance them by by eating certain foods eating for your chakras and meditating and using something like a pendulum which you know if you've ever like worked with me or the girls in my in my Paleo Women Lifestyle program know that I love my pendulum, crystals are also a really great way to balance out your chakras. Um, so we'll get into all of this throughout it. If you are just new to this whole thing and you're like, what the hell is this girl talking about? Just stay with me. Just it's interesting to learn about it. Even if you don't, even if you don't want to buy into it yet, I that's fine. Like you know what I mean? But I definitely, I when I first learned about chakras, I just loved learning about it. And I didn't really kind of buy into the whole thing. And it wasn't until much later that now I just very much, I can feel it. I can feel an imbalance and I can feel when I balance it out, how it changes things. Um, and it just kind of makes sense. So if nothing else, like this is really interesting, I think, for most people to learn about. So let's start with the first chakra, which is your root chakra. Your root chakra is located at the base of your spine and the color is red. So there are many different body parts associated with the root chakra, some of which include your adrenals, your skin, your blood, your large intestine, your pelvis, your hips, legs, feet, 
and your illumination system. This chakra has to do a lot with survival, grounding, feeling secure, money, a sense of belonging, home, feeling at home. It has to do with nature and the earth. So like feeling grounded basically in it think of feeling grounded in kind of any sense of that so when people feel off balance if you feel like you're in a transition state if you don't feel at home if you feel like you don't have security in the sense of emotional security financial security any of that your root chakra could be out of balance it also has to do with physical grounding like i talk a lot about earthing and grounding and the health benefits of that you should check out my blog post about earthing if you're curious about all of that because basically we're getting these really great ions from the earth and so so many of us don't come in contact with like nature or earth enough every day and if you just ground every day for 20 minutes like just stand on the earth with bare feet you will be amazed at how much that can transform your health it helps so much with inflammation and also like emotional peace um and especially today with all this technology we need to be grounding to help at least offset a little bit of that. I mean, that's just tip of the iceberg. But so your root chakra can also be out of balance if you're having issues with any of those organs that I mentioned that have to do with the root chakra. So if things are going on with your large intestine, your pelvis, your hips, your legs, your feet, um, this could also be related to the root chakra. So the color is red, which means like to support the root chakra, maybe you need some more red in your life. And this can also have to do with like eating red foods. Um, Deanna Minnick talks a lot about eating for color. And I kind of see that as an extension of like eating for chakras. So like red foods could be like red bell peppers, could be strawberries, they could be red meat. So just like think of anything red and that could help. You can also with all of these, like if you feel like one of your chakras are out of balance or if you've you've seen someone who's like helped you, like you know that that chakra is out of balance, um, then you can just look up every, for every chakra, like what food helps support this chakra? I'm not going to go through every food for every chakra because that would take me all day. Um, but protein tends to be a good one for your root chakra. Okay. Moving on to your second chakra. Your second chakra is your sacral chakra. This is located in your abdomen, navel area, and the color is orange. Yay, orange. So if your second chakra, your sacral chakra is out of whack, maybe you need some more orange in your life. Maybe you need to start wearing orange. Maybe you need to put an orange candle out. Maybe you need to just like see more orange or eat orange foods. Maybe you need to eat an orange, an orange bell pepper. Maybe you need to have some apple cider vinegar. Like you don't have to think of everything as um, clear cut orange even like cauliflower could be like uh, technically it's white but you know orange cauliflower like what else is orange um squashes butternut squash um and sweet potatoes orange sweet potatoes you know things like that maybe salmon salmon could be pink it could be orange you know but just those types of foods so the body parts associated with the sacral chakra would be your reproductive organs. So your ovaries, the testes, your uterus, it has to do with sexuality a lot. So that's why it has to do with the reproductive organs and also your digestive organs, your kidneys, your urinary tract, and your lower back are all included in this. So, okay, it kind of makes sense if we're thinking about 
how the sacral chakra has to do with reproductive organs and sexuality. This chakra is also related to your relationships and feelings of intimacy, emotions, sharing. Also has to do with your appetite and pleasure, imagination, the unconscious. So those are kind of all the different things it has to it has to do with. It can also have to do with kind of like money, power, sex, that whole trio. And you'll also notice that different chakras, especially these, the first three kind of overlap a bit and that's okay, but they all are, they're kind of related. But the second chakra really has to do a lot with like relationships and sexuality, but also friendships to um, pleasure and appetite, which, you know, it makes sense when you think about like the emotions it has to do with as well as the organs. So when we're talking about like digestion, appetite, it all relates. And then we think about those orange foods that we mentioned and just like adding orange into your life or even like just like visualizing that color. Color itself is a vibration. It's a force. It's very powerful. So if something is off with your second chakra, maybe orange is a color you want to connect with more. I also think that sometimes it's interesting to think about the colors that correspond with the chakras and like the foods that we think of and how it makes sense that it would support those organs like more so with maybe the first and second chakras like or like let's think about the second chakra like we think about reproductive organs and a lot of the like orange red foods are more starchier like starchier foods like tubers and things like that and we know that sometimes like increasing carbohydrates can be supportive of our reproductive system as well for certain situations (laughs) so I mean it's it's very loose it's not gonna correspond exactly but you can see how these things make sense so let's move on to the third chakra which is the solar plexus that's located below your sternum and the color associated with the solar plexus would be yellow so the different body parts that have to do with your solar plexus are your digestive system again your liver your spleen your small intestine kind of like the upper part of your digestive system versus the second chakra is more the lower part so your solar plexus third chakra would be you know associated so the pancreas your muscles, also the digestive system, gallbladder, middle back, so like upper back. So we're like moving up the body here. This has to do a lot with personal power, autonomy, um, purpose, a sense of control, and self-determination, self-esteem as well, how you're you're feeling about, about yourself. So this also has to do a lot with power struggles the third chakra can be supported with laying in the sun and getting more more yellow into your life that way too and again adding in the yellow um maybe this means more light i i so as a like when i'm performing reiki i'm very connected with colors and auras and i i see a lot of people with digestive issues and their their solar plexus will just be like radiating yellow like they're just it's crazy how much is radiating yellow um but and you know yellow foods too so maybe you need some lemon into your life maybe you need yellow squash maybe you need some delicata maybe you want some spaghetti squash what else is yellow 
maybe some yellow sunflowers. Those could be really nice, good, good vibes around you. You can visualize a bright yellow light if you're meditating or just in general. But yeah, spending time in the sun. But yeah, so the third chakra can be out of balance if you have digestive issues going on. A lot of times we'll see that. Or if you are struggling with something having to do with like your your sense of self, your sense of purpose and self-esteem. And this is also interesting when we think about like, so I'm talking about organs that are connected with the chakra and then things in our life, emotions that are connected with the chakras. So this is also why say you are going through a time period where you have really low self-esteem, you have no sense of purpose, or you feel like all of your personal autonomy has been taken away. You feel like you have lost all power in your life. This can manifest in the body as digestive issues, for instance, because it's all connected with that same energy center, that same chakra. And like going back to the second chakra, maybe you are feeling like you don't have a really great relationship. Maybe you're missing out on sexual intimacy and that can manifest as issues with your lower digestion or literally with your reproductive organs. So that it's just interesting how our, our emotions really can manifest physically in our bodies. Um, and vice versa. So like when you have a physical issue that could leave you feeling some type of way (laughs) um like maybe you maybe it's like kind of a chicken and the egg thing like which came first and they both can affect each other um so let's move on to our fourth chakra which is probably the most well-known the heart chakra the color is green i know most people would expect it to be red I certainly did. But the fourth chakra is obviously located where your heart is in the center of your chest. And it's associated with your heart, of course, but also your lungs and your immune system and your upper back, your arms, your hands, everything that has to do with circulation and respiration in your body, also your thymus. And it has to do with love, unconditional love. It has to do with kindness, giving balance, unity, compassion. I feel like the the heart chakra is pretty obvious what I would have to do with <laughs> all of the heart things. Um, so green. So maybe you need some more green in your life. I think this is why being out in nature is so healing for the heart, the soul, um, love, feeling compassion, and just being connected with the, with the world. Also getting more greens. Greens is probably the easiest food, like all of the veg, just all of the green veg, leafy greens, maybe some broccoli, maybe some Brussels sprouts, asparagus. I feel like green is an easy color to fit in. Also, I just was looking ahead of me at my olive oil. It's a good yellow food. Add some olive oil into your life. <laughs> um, but yeah, if the heart chakra is off, then maybe adding some green into you, maybe getting a nice plant, get a succulent. They're easy to take care of. Okay, let's move on to the fifth chakra, which is located in your throat. And the color is blue. So this has to do with your throat, of course, but your thyroid, your parathyroid, your metabolism. We know that thyroid is very connected with metabolism. Also your ears, your nose, your mouth, your neck, your teeth, this this whole kind of 
throaty area has to do with the thyroid and it has a lot to do with communication and expressing yourself also creativity in that sense abundance it has to do with sound and like receiving but this whole this whole idea of self-expression and this is why you know people talk about how thyroid issues can be caused by like holding back your truth and if you guys used to listen to straight up paleo i know we discussed this on that podcast as well but like people who tend to keep their emotions inside and not talk about what's bothering them often have thyroid issues which is really interesting well i don't want to say often but there is some type of correlation if you are struggling with your thyroid make sure that there's nothing that you're holding back emotionally or you know, think about in your life if there's something that you've been wanting to say to someone that you haven't been expressing. And going off of that, what about like your sense of self-expression in terms of creativity? Like, do you have any creative outlet? Are you expressing yourself somehow? It's not just about talking, but like, I think we need as humans, more forms of self-expression to really fully express ourselves. Sometimes you can't really express everything just through saying things. And this is why just in general, it's so important to like not hold your emotions inside and really just like speak your truth. And that doesn't mean you have to like run around like telling everyone things, but when, when you feel like there's something that needs to be said or shared, then don't hold it in. I think you can tell physically when you're really holding something in. Um, But I mean, this can affect your metabolism too. But the color blue can be really supportive here. So maybe eat some blueberries. That is a good blue food. And like surround yourself with the color blue. Maybe go out to an ocean. Maybe if you're meditating, visualize an ocean. Maybe like see the water, go on a walk near some water. Um, I'm looking at some blue flower. Well, the flowers aren't blue, but they're wrapped in something blue right now. But like surrounding yourself with blue, maybe you want to wear more blue. I feel like that's an easy color to wear. Um, water in general, maybe you're dehydrated, which I know water technically is like not blue, I suppose. But when we're talking about these types of things, we're not being so technical. It's the general idea of blue. So think about that. Surround yourself with some blue things. I like a light blue. That's just a personal preference. All right, let's move on to the sixth chakra, which is the third eye chakra. It's located in between the eyebrows and the color is indigo. And this is related to your brain, your pituitary, your hypothalamus, your endocrine system, your head, your eyes, your face, and it has to do a lot with intuition and imagination, spirituality, awareness of spirituality, vision. It can have to do with clairvoyance. So if you're tapping into your intuitive abilities, that can, you know, be shining bright. And this just idea of individual consciousness, really like understanding yourself as an individual. Um I think the the best term would be the intuition. And this is really relevant also for people who are intuitives. So the sixth chakra, indigo, that is a powerful color in general. And I find that a lot of people's third eye chakras are out of balance. Um, 
you can usually tell the type of people who have an imbalance and who, who don't, but purple, what about a purple sweet potato? I think that is a great color. Like indigo, you don't have to be so strict about it. Maybe some flowers, some purple indigo-ish flowers, wearing an indigo, I feel like a nice indigo like scarf or something. I don't know why I said that, but it just sounds nice to me. It's a very powerful color. I feel like a lot of berries would fall in this realm. Um, maybe some eggplant, you know, those are the foods that could help support it. All right. Seven, the chakra, the crown chakra. I love the crown chakra. It's located at the top of your head and the color is white or violet. So both of those. And it has to do with your nervous system, your mind, your pineal gland, and kind of like your whole body. Like if someone's only going to have time to focus on a single chakra, focus on the crown chakra because that's kind of related to the rest of your body. It has a lot to do with your nervous system, your mind, but it deals with knowledge, spirituality, again, understanding, a sense of connection and fulfillment and completion as an individual. And also this like universal consciousness. So we see some overlap with the sixth and seventh chakras, but the sixth chakra is more has to do with like intuitive abilities and um, that sense of self. And seventh chakra is like more your mind. I think of sixth as like more spirituality and seventh more as like kind of like your mind and self understanding if that makes sense, that differentiation, but we think about white or even like a rainbow and violet and white foods can be things like jicama and cauliflower, white potatoes, and what else is white? Back to the eggplant and berries for the purple. So that can be great. And then just in general, like surrounding yourself with things that are white and clean and crisp and or violet so maybe you have a white blanket or it's it's funny if you think about colors that you're naturally drawn to like your favorite colors and see what chakra it corresponds to and kind of see if like that has to do with your personality so like your seventh chakra could be out of balance if you don't really have a good sense of fulfillment or connection unity or just like a sense of like really understanding yourself slash the world and how you how you view the universe and your life um that could be out of balance as well or if you're dealing with things like nervous system issues or pineal gland issues then this could be out of balance and also the same thing it's like sometimes this sense of really not understanding who you are in this world can manifest as nervous system issues and like vice versa. So that's kind of like chakras 101. <laughs> I hope that wasn't too confusing. I, I felt like I tried to keep it pretty straightforward and I actually kind of want to do a blog post about this just to have it all. I think chakras are super interesting and like if you really connect with a, a chakra, look up, look it up and like learn more about it. There's tons of information about chakras on the internet and in books and stuff and I also thought I would talk a bit about some crystals like I know everyone's like what are crystals it's so funny because after I posted about crystals one day I got so much hate and I was like whoa calm down if you don't want to have crystals fine first of all they're pretty but they're also really great for healing um crystals are like record keepers and they 
contain energy and like this it's like they capture frequencies and all crystals have different healing purposes and you know they all there are so many different crystals that come in different colors which relates to the chakras and different shapes sizes and they can be placed like on your body or in fields of energy or you can just hold them or put them in an area that will and they'll help like release these positive vibrations or like vibrations in accordance of what they specifically have to do with how they heal so relating to chakras depending on the color of the crystal that can help clear a chakra when it comes to crystals you want to clear it energetically there are different ways to clear it. So like I can use Reiki to clear a crystal. You can also place it in the sun, in in moonlight, or you can soak it in salt water. Although make sure that the crystal can be soaked in salt water. Some crystals should not be put in salt water. Or you can use something like clear quartz. That crystal can clear other crystals as well. And make sure that after you clear it, you want to like dedicate it and give it purpose and like basically say to it that you're dedicating it for its highest good so you can place crystals on your chakras to help balance things out so i'm gonna go through some crystals and and like chakras that they can help with so root chakra red we could go for hematite which is great for grounding protection feeling stable focused and like this sense of trust um, the sacral chakra could be helped with carnelian. I think that's how you say it. I'm not like a crystal expert. I'm just learning about all these two. Um, but it's great for like sexuality, fertility, and like courage. Also the solar plexus, citrine. This is great for bringing joy and like energy, positive energy, success, confidence, creativity. It's also great for digestion, spiritual growth. So that's a really great one. The heart chakra, rose quartz. I think a lot of people know about this. Great for self-love and love in general, opening up your heart and restoring positivity in different relationships and like forgiving yourself, loving yourself, all of that. So love me some rose quartz. I think everybody should have rose quartz. And when it comes to crystals, so you can either just look for a crystal that is the same color of the chakra or a crystal that you know has healing properties that align with what that chakra needs, if that makes sense. So like the heart chakra is green, but rose quartz is rose colored. It's like pink. So, but it's fine. There's no right or wrong. <laughs> You're totally fine. How about the throat chakra? Angelite can be a nice crystal for that. It helps calm you and like get rid of any anxiety or pain and like bring inner guidance to you and speak out your truth. So if you're holding things in, that can be a great one to support your throat chakra. Your third eye, amethyst. This is a great one to help support the third eye. If you're trying to tap into your intuitive abilities, get some amethyst. It's great for absorbing negative energy, great for psychic abilities, also meditating, guarding against any like negative attacks and just all about supporting that sense of intuition. Also great for remembering dreams. And then lastly, the crown chakra. So clear quartz. I think everybody should have a clear quartz with them. It's great for like amplification, storing and releasing energy. It can be great for like just an energy cleanse in general. Clear quartz is like, you know, white slash clear, <laughs> um, like the crown chakra. So that is 
a great crystal. And I think it's good to have a clear quartz because you can clear other crystals in general. So those are some crystals um, that can help. But yeah, this is just a crash course. Wow, this took longer than I thought. Anyways, in terms of chakras, people asked me like which chakras are most commonly out of balance. And it it really depends on the person. But like usually people, most people, like the same chakra will get out of balance again and again just because that's their personality type. And most people, like it makes sense. So I, a lot of people that I will like work with or do Reiki on, have digestive issues just because I feel like a lot of my friends slash like clients would um, just because we all relate. Um, So a lot of them, their solar plexus is really out of balance. The root chakra for a good amount of people I find is, is out of balance um, because I think a lot of people are just not feeling grounded right now. I think they're just really not feeling grounded or they just feel like they don't have a sense of security whether that be like emotional or financial or a sense of feeling at home a lot of people that I see are very go 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 and all over the place and like that can put your root chakra really out of balance to make you feel not so grounded um and also the heart chakra because a lot of people just have things on their hearts or past pain emotional pain or current pain and like the heart chakra or like chakras can also just be radiating heat if like in a positive direction too um but in terms of chakras being out of balance usually something's just off there but like when i'm doing reiki and someone's heart chakra is just like exploding um sometimes it can be a positive thing like maybe there's just they have so much love for someone or like maybe they have a new relationship so those ones are like pretty common I guess in terms like but again it's different for everybody that's just like the people I've tended to hang out with (laughs) okay so that's chakras in a nutshell I wanted to answer this question about saturated fats just because I feel like it's kind of been on people's minds I want to get it out of the way. So someone said saturated fats. I love all things coconut, but lately I've heard Max Lukavir and Ben Greenfield and some others talk about not over consuming saturated fats and trying to limit them. How much is too much saturated fat? Should I be cautious of the amount I'm using of coconut, coconut butter, coconut oil, and other saturated fats? So, ah, man, I know it's tough when we get into all the nitty gritty of nutrition, but I also love it. But we also have to be able to like hear the nutrition advice and not go crazy with it. (laughs) Okay. Um, there's a difference between loving to geek out and nerd out over it. And then it making us become really anxious about our food and overthinking our food, which we don't want, but I'll let you know what I think. And this is just what I currently think. Maybe it'll change. So when it comes to saturated fats, in a nutshell, I don't think that people need to be afraid of them at all, but I also don't see any value in just like overdosing on saturated fat. I think that you can eat too much of any food. Like no matter what food, if I sit here and eat a hundred pounds of broccoli, that's not good for me. If I sit here and eat hundred pounds of chicken that's not good for me if I sit here and eat 20 pounds of butter that's not good for me like anything in extreme excess is not going to be good for you so I also think that it's important to keep in mind that when people are putting saying things like they're also comparing to extremes so yeah I agree with like 
the sentiment that it's dumb when people put freaking half a stick of butter in their coffee in the morning. Like, really? Do you think that I, that just makes no sense to me, but I also don't think they should be avoided. So th- there are, okay. This whole idea that like saturated fat causes heart disease has basically been debunked. Um, the research just doesn't really show that, <laughs> but that also doesn't mean that like we have a free pass to just eat all of the saturated fat in the world and just like sit here and like eat globs of saturated fat all day in the absence of everything else um like unnecessarily like this is why you just it's important to have a quote balanced diet and I hate that term but like it's true like just eat other foods so saturated fats are important fats in general are important like we need cholesterol okay we need cholesterol to make our steroid hormones our sex hormones um this is incredibly important like low-fat diets too low-fat diets are a problem and too little saturated fat can be a problem too like if you're having too little saturated fat that usually means you are eating more of something else so a lot of times people are eating too many polyunsaturated fats which can be an issue because they're more prone to oxidation and that can basically increase your risk for free radical damage in your body and that can increase the inflammation in your body as well and I mean, we need fat. We need healthy fats to help absorb our fat-soluble vitamins, which would be vitamin A, D, E, and K. And, you know, having low serum cholesterol, which would be a result of a really low-fat diet, is linked to mental health issues, depression, anxiety, aggression, and even cancer. So, I mean, there's so many reasons why we need fat in our diet. We need that slow-burning source of energy. It helps with satiation and also helps our food tastes good. And we think about what, what our ancestors ate, which you guys know, this is like the approach I take. I'm very primal. Like they ate saturated fat and there was like a wide range of percentages of saturated fat and like fat in general in people's diets. You know, some areas of the world, people ate like lower, how they had lower fat intake than other areas. That's just the way it worked. But you, everyone needs some fat in their diet. So we got to be able to absorb those, those um, so, fat-soluble vitamins and produce those steroid hormones and all of, all of the things. But that being said, having too much saturated fat can cause some issues. So I just want to talk about some of the things associated with that so for instance when we think about uh gut health there's some conflicting research and some of the research kind of suggests that going overboard with saturated fat isn't necessarily too ideal some studies show diets that are like overloaded with saturated fats can basically cause changes to the gut microbiome so that it tends more toward gut dysbiosis and obesity, which is not good. And these these are looking at diets that are high in saturated fat and low in fiber. Um, And also related to the gut, you know, we have studies showing that it increases gram-negative bacteria in your gut, which is the type of bacteria with membranes that contain endotoxins um and that's the the other thing that people argue that high diets high in saturated fats can lead to endotoxemia um which is high levels of endotoxins in our blood which endotoxins i talked a bit about 
on the podcast with Karan Krishnan about probiotics, but you might have heard of LPS or lipopolysaccharides. These are found in the outer membranes of certain bacteria, and they can trigger a strong immune response in the body and lead to inflammation in the body and can activate metabolic diseases. People don't want endotoxemia. Um, you don't want those toxins in in your bloodstream. So that's one argument against diets that are really high in saturated fat. However, we also see that when you add in things like prebiotics or certain fibers, phytochemicals, more nutrients, more fibers, that the negative effects are reduced or eliminated. <laughs> um, so you have to remember, like, when you're looking at studies, like, what are they looking at? Are they looking at a diet that's literally just all saturated fat? And like, where are there any vegetables or like what's going on in that? And like, what exactly, what type of saturated fat are they eating? What's the percentage? Um, all of those things. So there are, there are also studies looking at like increasing fats via like lard saturated fat versus fish oil like a more monounsaturated fat and they do show that diets really high in the saturated fat they are more likely to develop metabolic diseases and it it changes your gut microbiome so it's more prone to inflammation throughout the whole body um there are also some studies showing that diets really high in saturated fat are associated with worse sleep so your sleep is more disrupted um, that being said, also anecdotally, some people notice that like increasing their saturated fat intake helps support their sleep. Um, and I think that it's really important to like, we talk about high fat or low fat or like think about relative, like somebody who has a lower fat diet and poor sleep might have much better sleep if they add in some saturated fat versus like someone who's just like putting half a stick of butter on all of their meals and they have poor sleep. Maybe if they didn't do that, they would have better sleep. You know, it's like all relative to where you're starting, which is why it's important to remember that. Um, the other thing though, if, is if somebody has, so we have this APOE gene that has to do with like metabolizing and transporting cholesterol and saturated fat in our bodies. And if you have the variant, the APOE4 like variant of that gene, if you carry that, that genetic variant, um, then you, you might not want to have a diet high in saturated fat. So those types of people benefit more from diets lower in the saturated fats. Um, your risk of heart disease is higher and you just don't do as well with the high saturated fat diet. You might get a higher spike in your LDL cholesterol without, without a corresponding rise in the HDL cholesterol. Um, so if you do have a genetic variant, then you would be someone who probably does better on a lower saturated fat diet, which is why things like that can be helpful to know. Um, and some people just in general, I mean, people have reported this, like so a lot of doctors have reported like they notice certain patients with really high saturated fat intake. They do get um, high LDL cholesterol and more inflammation sometimes. It just again, comes down to bio-individuality, which is also why I think that this whole idea of eating according to our ancestry can be really useful and helpful. Um, like, where did you come from? If you know kind of like what part of the world your ancestors are from, like what kind of diet did they eat? Was their diet higher in saturated fat? But, you know, we want to look at all that. And they've also looked at 
the effects of saturated fats on endothelial cells, which are the cells that are lining the blood vessels in your body. So they showed that there was actually impaired function of the endothelial cells in the arteries um, with diets really high in saturated fat. It it made it harder for the arteries to dilate properly after a high high saturated fat diet for over three weeks and then also increased levels of molecule like adhesion molecules in the blood. So I mean there are these different studies showing this, but we also need to look at what like how much saturated fat are we talking about? And in general, I think that saturated fat a good range would be like 10 to 20% of your calories. Um, I know I've definitely heard recommendations for people with gut health issues, keeping it 10 to 15% of calories, like total caloric intake. And I would agree with that, but you don't need to like get all worked up over it. Um, you know, it's interesting when we look at, when we look at people who have had high fat diets, even when you look at their percentage of saturated fat specifically, it's usually not ever more than like 20%. Like they're eating other types of fats too and you're really getting down to it. So I don't think that, I love this whole, like we don't need to be afraid of fat, but like also this whole, like we need to eat all of this fat is is not ideal either. You know, like I, there's no point, like people that literally eat sticks of butter who are trying to be keto. And I just don't understand that. It's so silly to me. I think that it's just so silly. Um, so this is what I think. I think that like eat your fatty cuts of meat, you know, obviously they should be organic, wild caught, hundred percent grass fed, grass finished, pastured, all those things. Um, and <laughs> Eat, eat fatty cuts of meat such proteins you know to like what you like use fat when you're cooking use healthy forms of fat when you're cooking you can use some saturated fat when you're cooking don't overthink it and like if you want some saturated fat here and there have it but like don't sit down and eat a stick of butter is my recommendation to be honest, I just think that's silly. Like no one would be doing that. So I don't think you need to go out of your way to like avoid it and you shouldn't be afraid of it, but you don't need to go out of your way to like be adding excessive amounts. I hope that makes sense because fat does give us important nutrients, but I mean, I don't know. This is where I have a problem with the keto movement because I think people just feel like now what they need to do is sit down and eat like a cup of coconut oil for literally no reason. I'm like, do you think that anyone in nature would sit down and eat a cup of coconut oil? No, they didn't even have coconut oil. I mean, in general, I'm also becoming very much more a fan of like whole food fats. Like, I don't know if this makes sense. I, I And I've been toying with this a lot. Like besides olive oil, I've been trying to do like, just like focus more on like whole food fats and like adding fat in that sense. Like, for instance, like an avocado is a more whole food form versus like avocado oil. But like I also eat really fatty cuts of meat. So like this wouldn't work if you're somebody who eats leaner leaner cuts of things. Um, but I just like – I just think about this whole idea of like if I was a caveman – I know I'm not a caveman. But like, you know, they would eat animals and they eat really 
fatty cuts and like eat, they ate nose to tail and they ate organ meats, which I eat a lot of organ meats, you know, whatever. Um, but like they didn't really eat avocado oil or coconut oil. Like they would eat like, like the food. Does that make sense? Um, so I don't know. I think it's interesting. I, I'm, I like that. Although I can't stop drinking this olive oil. That's so good. I have my Casandrinos on this new stuff that I just got. But that's kind of my my thing about saturated fat. If you want to get technical and nerdy about it, yeah, I would say keep it to 10, 20% of your overall total caloric intake. So, like, I mean, I'm a fan of a high-fat diet. I think most people should, like, generally, I like a 50 to 60% fat range for people. Um, again, it depends on the person. Some people don't do well with that. Some people do better with, like, 70 80%. And some people do better with less fat, like 30%. Um, but I definitely think you need fat in your diet and I don't think you need to be afraid of it, but you don't need to go out of your way to like add these like oils that are man-made excessively. Mostly I'm just hating on butter coffee. And if you want to have a latte every once in a while or like have a butter coffee, like you don't need to put like three tablespoons of fat in it. Like just put a little bit in it so you can taste it. You know, um, but yeah, there are definitely there are health consequences of eating too much saturated fat. Sorry, and that's basically because we didn't evolve to have access to like all these sources, if that makes sense. But again, I don't want people to freak out because I think a lot of people who listen to this, like, I know there's a lot of people who think they eat high fat diets and they eat low fat diets, and I'm like, if you eat a few like spoons of coconut butter nothing you're gonna be fine like calm down it's okay <laughs> but also i don't think you should like live off of coconut butter it's really about getting about a balance in your diet and like i said like are a lot of these negative effects are mitigated with the the inclusion of fiber and vegetables so this is why like having vegetables in combination with your fats are so important and like there are have been all these studies about coconut oil and talking about the negative effects of like too much coconut oil. And that's true. Like if you're just eating so much coconut oil, like I don't know anyone who actually eats as much coconut oil as it would be to have negative effects personally. When most people are just cooking and eating their food, they're not like adding so much coconut oil that it's just like soaking in it, you know? And a lot of these studies that are showing, that are showing these negative effects, like, you know, they don't, say the rest of the piece which is like okay maybe if you're looking at saturated fat in a vacuum and like what it can do to the body that's different than like what it can do to the body in the context of um also eating plenty of vegetables and like adding protein and like there's other things involved does that make sense so yeah if someone's diet was literally just saturated fat and nothing else you'd probably have some issues but like if you're including saturated fat into your diet and not going out of your way to like add excessive amounts all the time, I think you're going to be okay. So I don't want people to freak out about saturated fat, but I do definitely think like when you're choosing fats, um, I know you saturated fat when you want to, but I do think that a lot of people would, it would help them out. And I know I had this problem too. I touched on like, I need more monounsaturated fats in my diet, like, because I had just kind of I haven't been using them as much as saturated fats and now I'm trying to get myself back in balance and like so now I'm making an effort to use a lot more olive oil and um eat more avocados and do more more fish things like that so I think really again it comes back to like it really is this idea of balance and like 
eat eat the saturated fats when you want, but like make sure that's not all you're eating and make sure you're getting in plenty of vegetables at the same time to help mitigate negative effects. And like, don't just sit there and eat three sticks of butter for no reason, you know? But great question. Saturated fats, you know, it's all controversial. It's good to figure it out and maybe we'll have more information in the future too. And maybe I'll change my mind in the future, but that is my current opinion on saturated fat. I don't think that people need to be afraid of them but I do like agree with the the points that people like Max and Ben bring up I don't think that people should like keep unnecessarily adding it I think like if you're adding something a lot it should probably be olive oil extra virgin olive oil I don't think that people most people get enough monounsaturated fats in their diets and I also do notice a lot of people especially in this food blogging world lean so much on nuts which have a blend of different um types of fats and too many nuts you know that can throw off your your fatty acid balance as well like but think about think more about like what you're going to add in versus like what you're going to take out you know because things naturally work out better that way so don't be afraid of them. Just don't go too crazy. And if you're going to go out of your way to add in a fat or oil, add in some extra virgin olive oil and you'll be good. Okay. I think that's all I'm going to cover today. Chakras and saturated fats. I hope that was helpful. And I also just want to remind you, so I have some free guides up on my website, christinaricewellness.com. And one of them is a nutrition wellness cheat sheet overview. And it's literally this PDF that I would give to all my clients. And I just made free up on my website that outlines exactly how I think most people should formulate their meals, like starting how to formulate a balanced meal. And then all of my tips on like the types of foods to include in your diet and what to avoid for optimal health and wellness. And then all these lifestyle factors, like products, basic supplements, all of that. It's like my ultimate cheat sheet. And I think it's seriously so helpful. And I know so many people have told me like they just implemented everything on that. I think it's a two page PDF and they feel way better. And some people told me they printed it out and handed it out to people. And like, I mean, it's, it's a really great free download. So if you just go to my website under free guides and click that I also have a bust your sugar cravings guide there if you want that one too um but i recommend starting with something like that if you are looking for my my recommendations for like building balanced meals and like foods to include and how much i talk about portions in there um which i know is you know people always want to know about portions so hopefully that helps again that's on my website christinaricewellness.com i think that will help you out a lot. So I think that'll be it for today. Wish me luck on all my travels. I'm sure I'm having a fabulous time on the plane right now. Slash when when you're listening to this, maybe I'll be gallivanting about in Canada. Who knows? If you're not already in the Facebook group, I would love to have you in there. It's called Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe. It's the best place ever. And it would really, really help me out if you subscribed on itunes and left a rating and a review all of those actions are free for you and just help show me some love and just show your support and it helps other people find the podcast too and if you think it's helpful make sure you share the podcast with someone else in your life who you think should hear this information i think podcasting is a really great way to spread the info and you can 
do productive things while you listen to podcasts, which is always great versus watching TV, which can disrupt your pineal gland because of the screens. So that, all right. I hope you have an amazing day. Loved chatting with you and I'll talk to you again next episode. Bye.